is the first Sunday of 2024. And I've been excited to share. I didn't know until I got prepared or I was, I was preparing the message that I, I knew it was either going to be one or two weeks. I promise you it now will be two weeks because I don't want to put you through two long messages. Uh, and so I want to do two weeks worth of this. And I believe it was strategic in the way that God laid this out and gave it to me to share with you. Uh, so teenagers, I'm going I'm to make you upset. You're going to be with me today, and you're going to be in here next week as well. Um, because I, I know you're not going to like that, but it's going to be okay. Um, because what I'm going to share, I believe, is not just a word for 2024. I believe it is a direction from God for this ministry. And I think it's important from the youngest, well, okay, listen. You all know you don't want those two-year-olds in here driving you crazy right now. How many are thankful for our, young, our, our, our nursery and our, teen, and our uh, uh, kids' church staff? So grateful for them. I had someone tell me one time, they said after, after Christmas Eve service, I think, when we had all the family in here, they said, Pastor, this was so nice, but please don't ever do that again. And you say, well, that's not nice to talk about people's kids. No, it was their kids they were talking about. They said, don't ever make them sit with me in church again. Um, but I believe it's very important. It's the first Sunday of 2024, and I'm not going to ask uh, how many made a New Year's resolution. Statistics say this, 8%, 8, somebody say 8, 8% of people stick with their New Year's resolution after just one month. So if you've made it past a week, congratulations. That's good. But when a new year comes, we tend to feel freshness, a newness. It's energizing. People, it was amazing. I went back to work and, and they all had positive attitudes. I was like, new year, new you. And then I found a couple days later, they found the old, the old them. But, but it's a fresh start. It was a clean slate. There's new optimism around what the new year is going to bring. It's like an all-time high. And growing up around church many times, around the new year, uh, the pastor or pastors that we were around would give a, a quote or a saying for the new year. And um, the quote many times would be directional, it would be visionary or vision related, and it would be impactful. But the problem is, what I found is, after about the first month or so, the quote stopped being quoted, the signs got taken down, and the church went back to being the church it had been in the previous years. Now, I'm confident that my pastor at the time heard from heaven. I have no doubt about that. But the ease of breaking a New Year's resolution and grabbing a donut instead of an apple is the same for a church. It's easy to get excited until we want a donut instead of an apple. Now, if you're like me, just get an apple fritter and it covers both. But you do what you want to do. Amen. I, I know this. I've, I've heard some sayings, maybe not from, from my pastor who, who went on to be with the Lord in 2011, but, but around uh, many pastors and, and different things. And I'm by no means saying these are not God things. Please understand, I'm not minimizing any of these sayings. I'm not trying to say that wasn't God. I'm not going there. That's not what I'm talking about. But here's some examples of what I'm talking about. Breaking free in 2023. Going through in 2022. 2020 is, uh, 2021 is here. Do not fear. I thought this one was kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. 2020, year of plenty. I've heard people say open door in 2024 and a, a few others that, and, and please understand again, I'm not minimizing what they've said, but I believe we try to put God in our timing. We try to put God on our clock and God's not wearing an Apple watch. In fact, he's not wearing a watch at all. It's his, it's his plan. It's his purpose. And so, as I prayed, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to be very honest with you this morning, and, and if this is your first time here, I apologize in advance because I'm a little bit, I'm gonna be a little bit different than I normally am. Because I think it's very, very important for me to share what God has and, and the way he shared it with me. And not that I don't normally do that, but this is gonna be a little bit more. Um, Less, less, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word because I'm never trying to entertain you. But it's going to be less about a prop and it's going to be more about the, 
the Lord today, the, 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 the one guiding this house, amen? Um, and you say, well, pastor, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to like it. Well, listen, promise you next week you will. But as I prayed for direction for this season of ministry for Abounding Grace, my prayer was not a word for 2024. I wanted something, and I, I prayed, my prayer was this, God, I want something that's going to surpass 2024. I want something that is going to set us up to make heaven bigger and to shrink hell. Not just in 2024, but until you come. How is abounding grace, how are we able to fulfill the mission statement of this house, which is ministering the life of God into the heart of humanity? I didn't want a quote that rhymed either. Anybody get specific with God sometimes? Nobody? Nobody else does. Okay, I do. I was like, God, I don't want a rhyming quote. That sound, I don't want to be like the, you know, because then I get all, I don't want a rhyming quote. I, I wasn't interested in a saying that we could plaster over the walls or that we could post all over the place. I know what the mission of this house is. Before I stepped in the role of pastor of this church, I heard the Lord clearly say that Abounding Grace was called to be a beacon to this community. We're called to be a place and a people of light that provide guidance pointing others directly to Jesus through relationships. We're called to be a beacon to those that are lost, those that are searching, and those that have been broken. We're called to inspire others with our stories of what God has done, is doing, and will do. We're called to be a beacon of light. We're called to minister the life of God into the heart of humanity. Somebody say the heart of humanity. And that means this. If they're human and they have a heart that's beating, that's who we're supposed to minister to. In spite of where they come from. In spite of what they look like. In spite of their socioeconomic status. In spite of their history. Anybody got a history in the building? Anybody? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Raise your hand if you've got a history maybe you may not be too proud of. Good, keep your hand up. Come on, come on, come on, keep your hand up. I want to see it. Good, because for every hand that's raised that you've got a history you're not proud of, there is a future that God has for you that is greater than you can even imagine. And our job, as we're ministering, our responsibility, as we're ministering the life of God into the heart of humanity, is to help people see there is a future past their past. It was, you're not going to have to step here the whole time, I promise. It was near midnight on October 4th or 5th. What I found is on my phone, uh, when you update your notes, it changes the date. That's a little frustrating for me. But near midnight, October 4th or 5th, I woke up from my sleep and God began to share what I'm going to try to share with you this morning. This is not just a word for 2024. It's not a seasonal word. It's not a word that's dependent on who comes and who goes. Hear what I'm saying. I've been in situations where there's a word and it's amazing, but if this person leaves the church, then all of a sudden that word's no good. I'm telling you that's not the case. I'm saying this is a word for this house and this ministry. If you're attached to it, if you detach from it, God's still going to do what he wants to do. I believe it's clear direction from heaven for this house, for this ministry, for this body of believers. It's a launching point. Somebody say it's a launching point. It's a launching point without an ending date. It's a starting spot with a finish line of heaven. When are we done, Pastor? When we get to heaven. When I take my last breath, that's when I'm done. But until I am done breathing, then God is not done using me. Our mission statement and our core values are not changing. Our mission statement is this. Ministering the life of God into the heart of humanity doesn't change. Our core values are not changing. Our core values 
are this, everybody matters to God. How many believe that? Jesus changes everything. How many believe that? We are blessed to bless. We are better together. And we build faith at home. Our mission statement and our core values are not changing. But I do believe this, as the Lord shared this with me. I believe God has a sense of humor. Does anybody believe that? If you don't believe that, do me one or two things. Go home and look in the mirror. Or look at your neighbor. Either way. But I told you, I really didn't want something that rhymed. I didn't want something that was like kind of catchy. I didn't want that because that's, that's not the purpose. I, I prayed, God, don't give me that. And, and, and as I woke up on uh, October 4th or 5th in the morning uh, or uh, before midnight, uh, around that time of midnight, I heard the word say, uh, the Lord say this word, more. And I began to type. I found this when I get woken up from my sleep or whatever you say, woken up, awakened, whatever. When I wake up and I sense something is the Lord is speaking through my spirit or through his word, I start typing on my phone. Because if I don't write it down, I'm in trouble. I won't remember it. And the word was more. And I began to type more in 2024. And I was not a happy camper. I was like, Lord, more in 2024. Okay, here we go. Exactly what I didn't want. I was, I'm not going to lie, I was, I was begrudgingly typing it. And the Lord checked me and asked me, who said 2024? And so, when God asked a question, how many know he knows the answer? So I began to backspace and just typed more. And he continued to give me the word that I want to share with you this morning. More before more. More before more. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this moment. God, I believe with everything in me that this moment is a moment of destiny. It is a moment of time that you have set aside for this people. God, I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay. Let me deliver the word that you would have me deliver the way you'd have me deliver it. And Lord, I'm leaving the results all up to you. I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for the lives that are being touched. I thank you for the ears that are being opened, for the hearts that are going to receive today. I give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So, more before more. Somebody say more before more. I got really excited when I heard the word more. Let me ask you this morning, if your boss or someone comes up to you tomorrow and they say at the bank, we would love to give you more, how many would be like, no, I'm good. If your boss comes up and says, listen, we would love to give you more of a raise, anybody be excited about that? Yeah. Well, I got excited when I heard the word more. My mind began to race with the things that God was going to do. Man, I started thinking about the lives he was going to impact. I started thinking about the growth and the excitement. I started thinking about all of that. But as the Lord began to unpack more before more to me, I felt a weight. And I'm not talking about a weight of a bad thing, but I felt an understanding of the responsibility that this house and this people have. I felt a weight of the assignment that God has for this people. And you say, Pastor, why are you sharing it with us? Because it's not just my weight to carry. I am sharing the weight because we are a body together. Amen? And so I understood the assignment. I understood the challenges. I understood the things and the weight of, of, the, of, of, the, of the moment 
And there's been many times when I felt like I, I needed to share, I wanted to share, almost shared, and I stopped because I knew that this day, this time, this moment was when I'm supposed to share this word. Now, if you're a preacher or you've ever prepared something, if you have to go from October to January, that's a long time not to say something. That's like a Christmas gift without being able to share it. But I want to share two scriptures this morning, and I'll have some more as well. But the two scriptures that I want to share, Isaiah 54 and 2, says this. It says, enlarge the place of your tent and stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Somebody say enlarge. In Matthew 22, verse 37, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Nothing earth-shattering with our scripture. We're going to talk about them here in a moment. But as I begin to write more versus more from what the Lord shared with me in my notes, it is very clear today. And I'm going to say this, and you say, Pastor, this is going to be heavy at some points, and yes, it will be heavy. But I want to share with you this morning this. God is not... Uh, God made it clear that he is waiting on us. We are not waiting on him. He is waiting on us. God is in position, but we are not. God is ready, but we are not. You say, Pastor, you're supposed to be exciting. Come next week. I promise you, I promise you, but I have to help you understand more before more because we can get excited about hearing the things that God's going to do and we will find ourselves living in disappointment if we don't understand the beginning part of what we have to do before God can do what he needs to do. God made it clear that he's not, uh, we are not, uh, waiting on him. Rather, he's waiting on us. Is there anybody in the, in the room that would love to see more lives touched for the kingdom of God? Any, anybody in the room that would love to see us have to expand our building because the lives that are being added to the kingdom of God? Anybody in this house? Listen, we was back cleaning the, the, the room back there a little bit, and, and I, was, I was so thankful Pastor Rick didn't yell at me. We was throwing some stuff away. It took all he could. He was hanging out back there. But there's a tube back there, and it's got blueprints. I'm ready to see some blueprints with an enlarged sanctuary, with a, a gym in the back. I'm ready to, how many ready to see that? Amen. Yeah. A million percent. This church, Abounding Grace, is what, 62 61, 62 years old. Pastor Rick started when he was four. Just kidding. Him and Sister Trish pastored over 30 years here. I don't know the whole history of this church, and, and I didn't study the history of this church, um, but I know this. I know what the Lord said, and, and, and I want to say this, and I want to be very clear. The Lord said there had been strategic moments in this place for kingdom growth that was about to happen, but there was a failure to launch. This failure was not on the pastors. Listen, I, I don't know anything about this place other than where I've been and what I've heard, but I know this, the failure was not on the pastors, the failure was on the people. I believe that God once again is providing an opportunity, somebody say opportunity, an opportunity to favor this ministry to grow for the kingdom. But there has to be more before more. We want to see the walls kicked out. We want to see an enlargement. But there has to be more before more. Somebody say more before more. More before more. More before more means this, more devotion, more commitment, and more faithfulness. It got quiet. It's going to be a quiet Sunday, y'all. It's okay. I'm prepared. 
Enlarge was exciting. Man, enlarge was so exciting until I understood what enlargement meant. Enlargement meant there had to be labor to accomplish the task. You say, well, wait, wait a second. God will do it. No, that's not what it said. The scripture said, you enlarge the tent. You strengthen the stakes. You open the curtain. The Lord said this, you're desiring something you cannot contain. We are desiring growth. God, it's, push the building out. Push the things out. Get the seats in the aisles. Let us do two, three services, whatever we got to do. Let's. You're not able to steward it more before more. Enlarging means there's labor involved. Labor equals work. Somebody say work. I remember uh, at our church in Kokomo every year at camp, at, at, in July we have camp meeting and we would put up a big, huge tent. I don't know how big the tent was. Every year it felt bigger. I don't know if that was because I was getting older or not, but it was big. It was a big tent. It was a big round tent. It had yellow stripes on it. It was yellow and white. It looked like a circus tent only with yellow and we would have to drive these stakes in the ground. And I'm not talking about like little tent stakes. I'm talking about they're about that big around and they were, they were probably uh, this tall uh, from the, to the floor. And we would drive them in. And, and before we got really smart and got one of those drivers, stake drivers, we'd just take a sledgehammer. And what I found was everybody seemed to be really busy on the weekend that we had to put the tent up. And I don't know if you know anything about Indiana. It's not like this in Ohio, I'm sure. But in July, it's a little hot. And June is too. And we would start putting the tent up and we would have to drive the stakes. And I don't know how many of them there were, but it was a lot. And then we would have to uh, get the ropes and tie the knots. And then we'd have to take the center beam, and the center beam was so heavy, the center pole was so heavy, it would take three and four people, big guys. And, and at the time, I was a big guy. Now I'm just an old guy. And, and we would take that, and we would take and we would get it and push it into place, and we'd have to lift it and try to move it and lift it and try to move it. And what I found was we would get the tin up, and we'd have to go back and reposition the stakes. We'd have to drive the stakes a little deeper. We'd have to try, tie the, the knots a little bit harder. We'd have to, we'd have to stretch the, t the cords a little bit tighter. And when a wind would storm, or a wind would blow in or a storm would blow in, we'd have to make sure we go out and retighten everything and re-strengthen the tent. It was so much work. And God's saying, you're going to have to labor. There's going to have to be more before more. You say, well, pastor, what does this mean? Are we, are we working to get the gifts from God? I'm telling you, I want to be very clear. We are not working to get the gifts of God. We cannot do anything good enough to get the gifts of God. We cannot work hard enough. Our, our acts and our, our, our abilities, we cannot do enough to get the gifts of God. That's not what we're doing. But we are preparing a place saying, God, we are going to put our efforts and our energy into the kingdom. More devotion, more commitment, more faithfulness. If we desire kingdom growth and we want to push the wall out and, and on a weekly basis have to bring chairs in and, and if we have to have two services on a Sunday morning because we can't get enough people in the building, if we want to do that and, and we want to do all that God's calling us to do, we're going to have to be more devoted to him than we've ever been before. We're going to have to be more committed to the vision than we've ever been before. We're going to have to be more faithful to the mission than we've ever been before. Now please understand, our allegiance is to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But if you are part of the body that is here, God is calling us to be more devoted more committed than ever before. I wrote something down 
being the bride and loving the groom. How many know we are the bride of Christ? We are the bride of Christ. And what I found, and, and I've had two daughters get married. I'm so glad they're both married. Not sure they, they you know, Brozier married, but they got, they got married. They're married. And, and I'm so glad that's done. Because anybody ever seen Bridezilla before? Now, my girls weren't too bad. But what I found was every day or every other day or every week they would come in my office and be like, Dad, I need to do this. Dad, we need to get this. We need to call the photographer. We need to make sure the, the cake is, we need to make sure this is right. We need to make sure the napkins are right. And what do you think about this color and that color? What do you think about? I'm like, I don't care. And then they tell me how much it is, and then I cared. But they were so busy getting everything ready. They were so busy getting everything prepared. They were so busy about making sure everything was right. They were so busy about getting the invitations out and making sure everybody was there. But the thing they never stopped doing was loving the future groom. All I heard about was the wedding and Isaiah, the wedding and Dylan. I was so tired of hearing about these guys. Now, please understand, that wasn't the same daughter. One daughter was talking about the wedding and her future husband, Isaiah. One was talking about the wedding and her future husband, Dylan, okay? So make sure you understand we didn't have a switcheroo in there, all right? So that's all I heard about. You say, well, how does this relate to us? As the body of Christ, we need to be worried about being the bride. What is the bride? The bride is getting herself ready. How can we get ourselves ready? By trying to be more faithful, more committed, and more devoted than we've ever been before. Never forgetting that we are loving the groom, but we are preparing ourselves as the church to be the bride of Christ. Be the bride and love the groom. When the word was given to enlarge the tents. It was given to Isaiah, or given in Isaiah, it was given to a group of people that were barren, had no children. They were empty. They felt like failures. And they were broken because of it. More before more means more prayer, more fasting, and more purpose on purpose. Until we are hurting for those that are hurting. Until we are broken for those that are broken. Until we get concerned for our neighbor like we get concerned for our family. Nothing's going to change. It's time that we start seeing the altars in our churches stained with tears again. More prayer. It's time. In James 5.16 it says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You say, well, pastor, I'm not righteous. Understand if you are saved, if Jesus is your Savior, he has made us righteous. And so therefore, when we pray with a fervency, when we pray with an urgency, when we pray with a passion, God hears our prayers. Not just our churches stained with tears in the altars, but that our homes would be places where there are spots worn out in the floor from where our knees have been while we're praying. Cooper knows where my seat is at the house. We don't have like Archie and uh, Edith chairs. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all don't know. That's all right. We, we, got a, we got a sectional couch. I sit on the end. And uh, Cooper knows where I sit. He knows where I sit all the time. I, this is where I sit. And the other day, uh, Friday, I was watching him and, uh, for, for a little bit. And he was sitting in his high chair. And, and, uh, and, and he, he, calls him, I'm just going, he calls himself Pooper. He can't quite get Cooper out yet. But anyway, he, he's saying, he's, hey, Poppy, you want to sit in your seat with Pooper and watch TV? I pray that boy knows where I pray too, not just where I sit. 
I don't want to just have tear-stained altars in a church and have no place at home where that boy knows that I'm praying, where people understand that I'm praying. We are, there's got to be a place where we are crying out to God, and when someone comes near the room, they don't walk in the room to interrupt us, but they sense the presence of God in such a way they will refuse to walk in that place until we are done seeking the face of God. Not talking about a patty cake prayer. Not talking about a checkbox prayer. I'm talking about people that are going to travail in the spirit, that are going to fight in the spirit. People that are going to pray until they see something change. And when they are praying and things get worse, they keep praying. They don't stop praying until they see something move in heaven. More fasting. Fasting is something that uh, this time of the year becomes very popular. We start a new year with a fast, and I understand the purpose of that, but I believe God is calling us to fast, not just in the new year, but to faithfully fast. We're going to talk in the coming weeks about fasting, maybe not on a Sunday, possibly on a Wednesday. And I'm not telling you today, please understand, I'm not saying everybody go start fasting and if you don't take your medication and don't worry about all that, I'm not saying that at all. I'm I'm not a doctor, just so everybody's clear, I'm not a doctor. But our bodies were made by God to fast one day of the week. Fasting is not a fad. It's not a diet trend. I understand there's intermittent fasting and that's supposed to help us. I understand all that. This is not what I'm talking about. Fasting in the Bible is a source of power that many are failing to connect with because their flesh is stronger than their spirit. I told you to be quiet today. That's all right. I'm not saying start fasting tomorrow. But I know for me, personally, I'm committing this year to fast one day a week this year, throughout the year, one day a week. If you want to join me and you want to talk about it, we can do that. There's multiple ways to fast. There's different types of fast. Uh, We're not going into it this morning, but we can talk about it. But I believe that there is a power that we are missing because we're failing to fast. More prayer, more fasting, more purpose on purpose. Somebody say more purpose on purpose. Refusing to allow our true purpose to be pushed aside. How many know we should enjoy life? Hold on a second. How many know we should enjoy life? Some of y'all need to smile a little bit more. Some some of you need to, to, listen, it's okay to smile. Don't hurt nobody. If you have your own teeth, smile and be happy. If your teeth are paid for, go ahead and smile and be happy. If you don't have no teeth, smile and be happy. Not saying we should enjoy this life. In fact, we should enjoy this life. We should enjoy our time on the earth. But we must remember this world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures are laid up. Somewhere beyond the blue. Amen. There's nothing wrong with enjoying this life. But it is not my purpose on this earth to be a a, a worker for a company. My purpose on this earth is to help disciple others and lead them to Jesus. That's my purpose. It's my purpose. More before more. Somebody say more before more. More before more. Means more reaching out, more being uncomfortable, and more giving. Matthew 25, 35 says this I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Verse 40 says this the king replied, Whenever you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. More reaching out. I talked on Wednesday, and I'm going to continue on Wednesday talking about serving others. More reaching out, more serving others. More loving others. Got quiet. I told you there's got to be more before more. I told you there was a heaviness in this conversation today. More before more, more reaching those that are unreachable and touching those that seem to be untouchable. 
Pastor, I don't, I don't like talking to people. Anybody kind of like that? I don't like talking. I don't like peopling. I don't like peopling. Yeah. I don't like reaching out, and I'm going to tell you that as a church, not this body, but as a church of America, we've become very much a club of exclusivity, and we say that we will take this, but we won't take that. We will take this kind, but we won't take that kind. If you dress this way or if you look that way, you cannot come or you can come. If you're this race or you're that race, if you give this much or you give that much, we're going to take you or we won't take you, and you can have a special seat if you give this, and if you sit in the back, you don't give as You can have access to the pastor if you give this, but if you don't give this, then you can't give to the pastor. The pastor is not accessible to you. That's dumb. That's not the church that Jesus died for. I'm so thankful that our mission here is ministering the life of God into the heart of humanity. And so if someone has a heart and they're a human and it's beating, then we have a job to minister to them. I'm thankful for a church today. I don't care what you look like. We don't care what you dress like. We don't care what your history is. We don't care where you've been. We don't care what you've done. You are welcome in this building. You are welcome because everyone matters to God and because Jesus changes everything. Come on with it. I'm going to reach out to those that don't believe like me, that don't act like me, that don't talk like me, that don't have the same opinions on, uh, on, on, uh, on politics as me. We're getting ready to come into a year of, of election. If there's ever a time to pray, it's now. And I'm going to politely say this. Don't pray your will. Pray God's will. Well, pastor, my will is God's will. Is it? Is it? I'm going to reach out to people that may not look like me, that may not act like me, that may not talk like me, that may not be like me, that may not agree with me, that may have different beliefs, that may stand in the face of everything that I agree with. They may fight everything that I agree with. Do I still love them? Yes. Am I going to reach out to them? Yes. Am I going to serve them? Yes. Why? Because their heart is true and their heart needs to be touched by God. I'm thankful we're in a church you care less about your past, but cares everything about your future. That's the type of body you're related to. That's the body you're connected to. More getting uncomfortable. Somebody say getting uncomfortable. Getting uncomfortable. I'm hurrying. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. More getting uncomfortable. Pastor, I just don't like doing that. It doesn't feel very comfortable. Get uncomfortable with getting, or get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. More giving of your time, talent, and treasure. I can grab a few leaders in our church. I can grab them and we can go to try to get things done. But if we as a body do it together, it's a whole lot easier with a whole body of believers doing it than a few. We're better together. I believe God is challenging us this year. And I'm going to say this and I'm, it's all right. I believe God is challenging us this year. Are we, are we being faithful or are we worrying about our fists being full? Are we giving God our open hand or are we showing him our closed fist? I can't expect more from God if I continue to withhold what is his. I don't like talking about money, so you're all clear. I don't like talking about money. I hate it because I know that pastors have manipulated many times, not here, but many pastors in our country have manipulated people into giving and saying, if you don't give, then God hates you. And here's what I'm telling you. There is a, there is a biblical responsibility to tithe. It's not my word. It's his word. There's a responsibility to give. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to move on very quickly because, again, I'm just getting comfortable with getting uncomfortable. I believe the key to your more in your life is first knowing there's more 
before more. We cannot expect God to bless what we have not given him. In our time, our talent, or our treasure. You say, well, pastor, I have, uh, I have a certain amount of money, and, and I understand this is what I'm going to give God. Some of y'all haven't given God a raise in about 30 years. I give him $100 every month, and you gave him that same $100 30 years ago. God does not need your money. Hear me. God does not need your money. But understand, when you release out of your hand what you have, God releases out of his hand what he has. More before more. Pastor, we want to, how many want to see the wall kicked out of the building? How many? I want to kick the wall, push it out, build a gym, do all this. Did you know that doesn't happen for free? I would, I would love, and, and listen, don't get me wrong. I'm believing God to go ahead and be, bring a miracle into this place. Amen? But he's going to look for our faithfulness. I'm finishing with this. Dylan, come on before people get mad at me. Everyone may be with me on more devoted, more committed, more prayer, more fasting, more purpose on purpose, more giving, more reaching out. But I'm going to say one more thing. And I want to remind you, this is not Pastor Steve that is uh, just making up stuff. This is the word that I believe God has for us. Everybody could have been good with the other ones. But there's going to be more before more. More before more means more obstacles, more battles, and more mountains. Anybody interested in that for 2024? Anybody say, you know what, man, I would absolutely love to have more obstacles in my way. Please. I mean, no. Few more battles, yes, man, that's what I'm looking for. No, 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 nobody's interested in it. But what I know is this, my faith is increased by the mountain that is in front of me. When I speak to the mountain and I see it go to the sea, my faith is increased. More obstacles, because hear me, the more we do for the kingdom, the more obstacles we're going to find on our way. Because the reason that we have a battle and the reason that there's an obstacle is because we're taking territory that the enemy thinks he already has. Well, pastor, they're just going to come running in. Are they? No. The Bible says go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. The enemy is not going to give up territory without a fight. If you think he is, then you're fighting the wrong enemy. He's not going to give up strongholds without putting up obstacles. But we have to understand the obstacle and the battle and the fight, although that it might be tough, although it's going to be hard, it's worth it. More before more. Our families are worth it. Our communities are worth it. Our kids are worth it. Listen, I'm not asking for a fight, but I guarantee you that I'm not backing down from a fight because I know this. There has to be more before more. I'm going to say this and I'm going to be done. I told you today was going to be a little bit different. And it's a little heavier. And I don't apologize for that. I can assure you there's more to come. There's another side of the coin. There's a rest of the story as Paul Harvey used to say. I want to be very clear, though, this morning. When I say more before more, 
It's not us depending on our works to receive from God. I believe God's watching us put our faith, our trust, and our hope totally in Him and doing all we can to shrink hell and enlarge heaven. I believe with the help of the Lord today, this message was strategically put in two parts. I didn't know, and, and many of you have heard me say, I didn't know if it was going to be one or two weeks. I had no idea. But I believe God has put it strategically in two parts. Because we get so excited about the second more that we emotionally make a decision to make a New Year's resolution for the first more. I'm not giving you the second more today. That's next week. But this morning, the first Sunday of 2024, it's going to start on the side of more. More devotion, more commitment, more faithfulness. More prayer, more fasting, more purpose on purpose. More mountains, more obstacles, more challenges. More giving, more reaching out. It's that decision today. Say, Pastor, I'm not, I don't want to sign up for something that's hard. I completely understand. I'm telling you that this is what God is sharing with me. This is what God has had me share with you. More before more. Stand all over the house. If you do me a favor, nobody going in and out, nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you. I am not surprised of the weight or the heaviness that you may feel in this house. And please understand, I, I would love to us be shouting and, and, and dancing and joyful and, and all, and, and we're going to have those services. But today, today is, a, is an important moment. I'm going to do all that I can. My wife is going to do all that she can. Just as Pastor Rick and, and Sister Trish have for over 30 years, we're going to do all that we can to steward the move of God that He wants to do in this place, to steward the kingdom growth that God wants to do in this house and in our community. But as sure as anything, I don't want to miss the moment that God has given us. If you're in this house, it's very simple. If you're accepting the assignment, if you're accepting the weight of more before more, all I want you to do so I want you to slip up your hand and keep it up. More before more. Father, you see every hand that is in this building. not carrying the burden alone. We are not carrying the weight alone. We are not handling the assignment alone. God, there are hands all over this sanctuary today. God, this day, this moment, this time is an appointed time in heaven. I believe this with everything in me. 
It is an appointed time in heaven today. This people is saying, and hear me this morning, I'm going to say this, you say it your own way. I'm going to be more devoted, more committed, and more faithful than I've ever been before. I'm going to pray more than I've ever prayed before. I'm going to fast more than I've ever fasted before. I'm going to reach out more than I've ever reached out before. I'm going to get uncomfortable more than I've ever been uncomfortable before. I'm going to give more than I've ever given before. I'm going to face the mountains more. I'm going to face more obstacles. I'm going to face more challenges. I'm going to face more battles. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. There is more before more. God, every person in this house that's raised their hand. Father, I pray right now you would give them a supernatural strength. God, I pray that you would give them a, 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 a focus like never before. God, a ferociousness in their faith. God, a desire like to serve you like they've never had before. Father, that they would never turn back. They would not get discouraged. They would not be weary in well-doing. But God, you would lift them up. You would encourage them and you would strengthen them together. Keep those hands up. Come on, keep those hands up for me right now. Father, right now, I pray that you would bind together bind together in a unity like there has never been before in this congregation every hand that is lifted God that you would bend, you would bind us together with a unity to serve you like never before Father that we would see greater things than we've ever seen before for the kingdom of God to grow because of the unity of this body Whew, thank you Jesus blessing In Jesus' name. Somebody say more before more. More before more.